Welcome into the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Tuesday, June 28th. Chuck's out of here flying solo. Mark Schofield off doing his thing like quarterbacks do. Looking at other quarterbacks, trying to make sure he can find some of those new prospects for you next year. Fortunately, I do have a, uh, a guest lined up for us tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit of fantasy football, uh, just because uh, you know it's never too early to start talking about your fantasy draft, especially with only about three weeks until training camp starts. It is always amazing to me just how quickly the uh, the clock goes from, oh, the draft just finished to, well, now we really have games that are about to start. And so I am now joined by Doug Moore from Inside the Pylon, actually. Uh, Doug, I think it's probably been, what, maybe about a month or so since the last time we had you on? Uh, yeah, I would say it's been about a month, but uh, I've been anxiously waiting every day and begging you until I came back on, so I appreciate having me back. No, I mean, look, the flowers that you sent were great. They weren't really my style, but I still appreciated them, and, uh, you know, the, the, the baseball tickets were kind of more up my alley, so I'm happy that, uh, you know, we were able to get you on after everything that you did for us. We could only repay the favor, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not like they cost anything or anything like that. No, no, not not at all. So don't worry about it, and uh, you know, send tulips next time. I'm not a big fan of lilies. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, rookies because obviously we're about three weeks away now from training camp starting for most teams here, and I think a lot of people are trying to figure out. Okay, out of the rookies that are. Uh, available this year you know who's the guy who is you know first and foremost I think going to potentially be uh, a high pick you know potentially somewhere in the first three to four rounds and I'm curious if you had to pick you know two to three guys from your list who do you think has a chance to make an impact Uh, and and more importantly who do you think is going to be going pretty high on draft boards this year yes I mean you you talk about rookies I I think in terms of fans football you have to start with um, the first running back taken in the draft, that's Ezekiel Elliott, went to the Dallas Cowboys, which for most fancy players, that is the ideal spot. Obviously, he's in a situation where he's behind one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in the NFL. And also, he was arguably the most productive runner last season um, in in college football, besides maybe Derrick Henry, who went to the Titans. But, uh, yeah, I would say that Ezekiel Elliott's going to be on top of a lot of people's boards, even maybe for some in redraft leagues, going first overall. He's got a ton of upside to him, again, behind a great offensive line. Um, not a lot of competition, especially now with Derek Baden. Broke his elbow, saving his phone, because we've all been you know, there before. Um, so there's really not as much competition as there was. Now, granted, you know they spent a lot on him by tra- drafting the, the fourth overall pick. It was more so a matter of, how much work is he going to get? How much work can he handle in his rookie season? And uh, it would not be surprising if he gets more than 250 touches overall. So I think not only is he going to be a really good rookie, I think he's in a position to be a very good fantasy player overall. Um, so I, so I, looking I, at that, I just, I just want to dig into that a little bit. You said that in redraft leagues, you wouldn't be surprised if in some you actually see him going top overall. Is that correct? I've actually seen a couple, yeah, some mocks. but Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of upside to him. When you look at the other running backs, even in this draft class, um, and, and when I say that, I mean all things football, you have a guy like Le'Veon Bell who is extremely explosive and one of the best offenses, but he's coming off a major knee injury, and he's had some history with uh, with injuries. So it'll be interesting to see um, you know, how much people actually put faith in him when I don't even think he actually did much at uh, minicamp or at OTAs. Uh, and then when you think about it, some of the other guys – 
Adrian Peterson's getting up there in age. Um, David Johnson, you know, who knows how much of a workload he's going to get with Chris Johnson back and Andre Ellington. Uh, Todd Gurley, he's in a, I think he's a little bit limited almost because of the offense he's in where they have – I, I called it a below average offensive line. Maybe it's about average, but they just drafted a rookie quarterback and they don't have a lot of playmakers outside of Gurley. So it could be a, a very run heavy team where teams, uh, defenses, I should say, uh, focus on him a lot. So yeah, I would say that Ezekiel Elliott definitely has the upside to be potentially the best overall player in, in fantasy football in 2016. And, and there are people that are drafting him as if that's what they believe as well. How big is the the gap between him and the next rated rookie running back for you? When you talk about uh, you know him potentially going first overall, or you know even just in the top half of a first round, where do you see the second rookie going off the board and being able to provide good value? Are we, are we talking where there may be someone around later, or do you slip three to four rounds before you get to that next one? I would actually say you slip a lot more. Um, so. I would have to say in redraft for 2016, it's a toss up. You could see Derrick Henry who could steal some touches uh, from uh, DeMarco Murray in Tennessee. Uh, you're looking at possibly Devonte Booker with the, the Broncos where, you know, they've been shown that they're, they're very quick to uh, change starting running backs. If, if one is not succeeding, uh, which we've seen in years past with him, them always flip-flopping. Uh, you could look at C.J. Procise, who's a, a guy who is coming into a situation, a very run-heavy team, but also uh, their top running back, the de facto top running back, is uh, is still coming off a fractured ankle. But I see that as a huge drop-off. Um, obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's got, you know, if not top overall upside, at least first-round upside. And then you could you could drop, 10 rounds maybe before you see the next guy taken. Maybe I would say maybe eight to 10 rounds. I would think Derek Henry and redraft is probably going to be the next guy taken simply because he's the Heisman trophy winner. Yep. The Titans picked him in the second round. Uh, and it looks like they're going to be a quote unquote smash mouth team. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I think that um, that would probably be the second guy I would say in terms of rookie running backs in fantasy football, but there's a huge drop-off between Ezekiel Elliott and whoever's next, whether it's Henry, uh, maybe even Jordan Howard, C.J. Procise, Devontae Booker, Derek Carter. It could be anybody. So there's a huge drop-off no matter what. What about when we move over to the wide receiver position? Who do you have as the uh, top rookie on your board there? Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of him. This is Sterling Shepard with the New York Giants. And part of the reason why I love it is because he's in an offense where he has almost no, besides being Victor Cruz, he has no competition for that number two wide receiver role. Victor Cruz obviously coming off of not playing for nearly a year and a half. He tore, his, uh, I believe he's ruptured his patella tendon in his knee. Then he didn't play at all last season. I believe he had some uh, hamstring or, or something like that issues where it prevented him from playing. And then behind Odell Beckham, there's really nobody else. Ruben Randall went to the to the Eagles, and there's just really nobody else. So I think Sterling Shepard could step in and be an impact player. I think he'll be the number two wide receiver for the team, playing on the outside, could play in the slot if needed. He's a terrific route runner Where in a team where Odell Beckham's going to probably be double-covered by a cornerback and a safety. Sterling Shepard could see single coverage. And, you know, this team doesn't exactly have an identity in the run game. You know, you could name five, six running backs. Uh, Shane Vereen, Paul Perkins, Rashad Jennings, Orlean Starqua, 
Andre Williams, Bobby Rainey. There's a ton of running backs. They don't have an identity. So this could be a very pass-heavy team. And Stone Shepard could be that number two wide receiver for them, where I think he'll be have the best season of uh, any rookie wide receiver in fantasy. So with with running backs, you talked about how there's this gulf, this big gap between uh, effectively Elliott at the top spot and then the next group. What do you see at wide receiver for the rookies? Is there a similar gap or is there a cluster of players that may be relatively close to each other? I would say there's a lot closer of a gap. There's not as big of one. Um, you could throw in a couple other guys. Corey Coleman's expected to be the number one wide receiver for the Browns after they spent, I think he was actually the first running, uh, wide receiver taken in the NFL draft with the Browns. Obviously, they have an offensive genius in Hugh Jackson as their head coach, and he's expected to be, uh, Corey Coleman, that is, their number one wide receiver after uh, Travis Benjamin went to San Diego and Josh Gordon. We don't know if he's ever going to play again. So Corey Coleman is going to be in a situation where he's going to get a ton of looks whether he can actually produce in a limited situation where the Browns are limited offensively and the fact that they don't even know who their quarterback is. Uh, it could be a limited situation, but he's going to get a ton of targets, which could make up for anything. Uh, some of the other guys in that cluster, like you had mentioned, I would say Laquan Treadwell, obviously uh, one of my favorite uh, wide receivers in the class, goes to Minnesota. Part of the problem is Minnesota is extremely run-heavy. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's an accurate passer, but he doesn't throw for a lot of volume. And they obviously run behind Adrian Peterson, where they struggled to keep Stefan Diggs, their number one guy last year, uh, consistent, uh, I guess you could say, uh, volume in the passing game. So it might be hard, but I think Treadwell has the talent. They're expected to pass more now. They're going to be in a dome where Teddy Bridgewater may do better when he's not facing the elements. Um, I'd probably mention those two guys, maybe Josh Doxson, maybe Michael Thomas, Michael Thompson, in a very pass-friendly offense but he's probably the number three wide receiver for them. Could be the number four or five target for them. Same with Josh Doxson. Pass-heavy offense, but he's behind you know, Pierre Garçon, Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Reed. So uh, I would say that probably it's, it's Sterling and then Coleman and, and Treadwell in the second tier and then Doxson and, and uh, Thomas in the third tier, but not nearly as much of a gap. Doug, any uh, tight ends that you see as potentially being able to uh, be an effective contributor in fantasy this year? Yeah, it's really hard. I think these, these tight ends were taken to be um, contributors down the line. So you could look at a few guys. Obviously, Hunter Henry was uh, was drafted in the second round by the Chargers, expected to be Antonio Gates' heir after Ladarius Green, the other heir, went to Pittsburgh, who I love, and I'll talk about another time. But um, I think it's more of a pick for down the line when Antonio Gates does finally retire, if he ever does. Um really not a strong class at least initially this is more of a developmental class i guess a couple others you could throw in that group would be someone like tyler higby if he ever gets over his legal issues with the rams um you could also mention Jarrell adams with the giants where they don't really know their tight end situation but i don't expect probably much um uh, if any contributions or major contributions, you could throw an Austin Hooper with the Falcons. But uh, I wouldn't say that there's many uh, that are slated to have a, a fantasy football contribution enough to, to have them on your redraft teams. Any uh, rookie kickers you'd take in the first couple rounds? <laughs> um, kickers <laughs> usually don't go in the first couple rounds. But uh, What do you I mean? You had, well, yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's surprising, but... Uh, uh, kickers aren't exactly very well liked in fantasy football, so 
Um, I would say if anybody that the second, I think he was a second round pick or Roberto Aguayo out of uh, Tampa Bay, um, which is still being talked about. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see many rookie kickers. It's all about opportunity and, and where you are, depending on how high scoring of an offense you're in. Um, but it, it's hard because I, I don't think there were many uh, kickers that were taken in the draft, let alone at that high, like the second round. Um, so I, I don't know. Probably not. I'm holding out for punters, I guess. So maybe we'll uh, find one of those finally, you know, working his way into fantasy. Maybe just, you know, as, uh, on, on fake punts, maybe as a passer or something like that. Let's let's talk about, you know, we, we just went through some of the top rookies here. I want to talk a little bit about veterans now. And, and you wrote an article for us uh, talking about uh, players that you expect or that have the potential to bounce back in 2016. And a couple names on that list stood out to me. The first that I want to go through uh, is one that I think people had very high expectations for last year, and that's Andrew Luck. Talk to me about Luck. Yeah, so, I mean, Luck just had an awful 2015. And even before he went down with his various injuries, he wasn't doing that well. Um, So it was really shocking to see that. You know, they had their usual weapons. They had T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief. They had just drafted Philip Dorsett in the first round, shockingly. Uh, they had Kobe Fleener. They had Dwayne Allen. And then they also signed Andre Johnson, who has been known to put up extremely good numbers when he was with uh, division rival Houston. Um, but, yeah, he just had an off year, 15 touchdowns to 12 interceptions in seven games. Uh, that That's not very good. He also... Uh, had a 55.3% uh, completion percentage, which is extremely low, especially when you consider the amount of talent that Luck has. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's things that are looking up for him. They obviously made some additions to their offensive line in 20, uh, for 2016. They drafted Ryan Kelly in the first round, who I think is one of the most pro-ready offensive linemen. Uh, they also drafted Raven Clark. Uh, they also changed offensive coordinators. With Luck being healthy, I think that he has a chance with, again, with a lot of weapons to be really good. I think the offensive coordinator change is underrated. I think going to Rob Chijinsky, um, which started to show in the end of last season, could be a big move that could be something that actually helps increase his uh, value in, in uh, 2016, even though he's still being drafted as a top five quarterback in redraft. Uh, compared to what he did last year, it's a flash in the pan or the reverse of that. Really. It's a fluke almost compared to what his talent is and what he's able to do, what we see in the past. So I'm thinking Andrew Luck, obviously compared to what he did last season, major candidate for a bounce back in 2016. Now that he'll be healthy. Now there was one name that stood out to me as I was going through this list and you pretty much quoted my exact reaction uh, as I was reading it. The name is Tory Smith. And the first sentence that you have is Tory Smith. What and why? And, I pretty much had the same reaction because I looked at Torrey Smith and I said, you know what, Torrey's getting a little bit old. He's not necessarily uh, on the best team here, but you make a pretty decent case for him. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so it's really shocking. Obviously, Torrey Smith was a huge fancy, uh, I'm sorry, a huge free agent signing by the 49ers last offseason from the Ravens. Five years, $40 million, over half of that was guaranteed. Um, did not do well. Obviously, he took a backseat, I think, to uh, Anquan Bolden. And they're obviously limited because they had some quarterback issues. They had Colin Kaepernick in there. Then he got hurt. Then he got benched for Blaine Gabbert. And it was just a mess. Obviously, with Jim Tom Sula there, 
uh, Chief Christ as their uh, their offensive coordinator. But now that they bring in Chip Kelly, and I, I, some of the stats I throw out there in this in this piece is in 2015, they. Uh, Chip Kelly, when he ran the Eagles, when he was the head coach of the Eagles, had the second most plays from the line uh, from scrimmage. In 14, 2014, the most plays, which is a huge step up from what San Francisco did in 2015, where they had uh, tied for 29th in the NFL with only uh, with almost 150 less plays. Which you think about is almost 10 plays a game more. Um, and also to think about it, there's nobody else really. Anquan Bolden's not there anymore, or at least not right now he is. He's still a free agent. There's really nobody else. You could name off some of the guys that are really no names or, or nobody that you'd be excited about. Quentin Patton, Bruce Ellington, DeAndre White, DeAndre Smelter. There's nobody else that's really a threat uh, to Torrey Smith. He's a deep threat, obviously, um, but it's going to be interesting to see. I think that this offense is going to be more improved. They're going to have a better run game with Carlos Hyde, hopefully healthy. And whoever they have at quarterback, which I know who I'm pulling for, and that's probably not Colin Kaepernick. Um, I think he's going to get more looks. He's going to be in a more uh, high-volume offense. And compared to what he did last year, he's, he's a major case for a bounce back. I'm not saying he's going to be a top-10 wide receiver, we could see him be a top 30 wide receiver in this more high volume offense with hopefully a more clear uh, quarterback situation in 2016. Doug, we got a couple minutes left. I just want to briefly touch on two tight ends you mentioned in here, Dwayne Allen and Ladarius Green. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your expectations for them and why they may be able to show a little bit of growth this year. Yeah, so I mean, obviously when you think about Dwayne Allen, the biggest thing that might be is that Kobe Fleener isn't there anymore. Kobe Fleener was with Dwayne Allen, and they were both competing, really. And because of that, it was sort of like what we saw with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. They're both being used equally, and it sort of canceled each other out. But now that Kobe Fleener went to New Orleans, now Dwayne Allen has a chance to really be that number one tight end for the team. And obviously, if Andrew Luck is healthy, it's a good situation for him as it now gives him a chance to hopefully be used properly. He was signed to a big contract actually over the off season. Uh, he signed for almost $30 million over four years. So they spent, uh, I would say it's a good seven, seven and a quarter million dollars a year, which is good money, which is a lot of money. Um, one of the biggest things is his health. But I think in this, in this offense now without Kobe Fleener, Dwayne now has a chance again to be a red zone threat. He's a, he's a very good receiving tight end. If he can stay healthy, I think he's in for a major bounce back. The tight end position in fantasy football is highly volatile, so we never know who's going to be the next Gary Barnage. We never know who's going to be the next Tyler Eifert to just finally produce, or even Travis Kelsey who came off of microfracture surgery to now be one of the top tight ends in fantasy football. So it could be Dwayne Allen this year. We don't know. We've seen him produce in the past, so it could be something this year where we see him finally step forward without Kobe Fleener holding him back. Um, and then the other guy, Ladarius Green, um, as I mentioned before, I love Ladarius Green. Um, I think I, I think he's a very underrated uh, tight end in the league. Actually, even in fantasy football, over the last half of the season in 2015, he actually was a top 10 tight end. Um, and that was in San Diego where Antonio Gates was there. Now he goes to Pittsburgh where they gave him good money again. They gave him $5 million per year for four years. 
And he takes over for Heath Miller, who just unexpectedly retired. He's in a high-volume offense, a very dangerous offense. We have Big Ben, Antonio uh, Brown, and you also have Le'Veon Bell. But they're also missing Martavis Bryant, who was suspended for the whole season. Behind Brown and, and uh, Bell, there's really nobody else to pick up the slack necessarily. They're talking about Marcus Wheaton. They're talking about Sammy Coates. But Ladarius Green could be a huge factor in this offense. I think he's in for not only a tight end one season, I think he could be a top five tight end in this offense, especially when they, he could be the number three guy in a very dangerous passing offense. So I can't say enough good things about Ladarius Green this year as well. Very good. Well, Doug, I know uh, we covered a ton of ground here, and certainly uh, I know that there's a lot that you uh, you know put into both of these pieces that are now up on Inside the Pile, and so I recommend everyone uh, who is listening go and take a look at these. What do you have uh, coming down the road over the next couple months? Yeah, so I mean, we I actually just finished an article last night looking at the average draft position, so basically where these players are being drafted over a certain amount of leagues. Um, and looking and seeing who's the guys who I think are being overdrafted. So being drafted too early or not being drafted in the right position over, say, other players that I think are better than them. And I just finished that last night. It's currently being worked on by the great team of editors. And then tonight I'm going to be doing the opposite, the undervalued players. Uh, but this is really going in a good direction. It's only going to pick up from here. We're in June now. We get training camp, like you said, in about three, four weeks. It's only going to pick up from there as we get into the preseason and the regular season where I hope to be doing articles weekly for Inside the Pylon. Obviously, we have a great team of NFL and football minds in general, and I'm hoping to keep, uh, you know, pick up the slack with fantasy football. So hopefully we'll be able to provide just as much great content for that as we do for uh, our football side. But there's a lot of great things coming, not only now, but as we get closer to the season and even through the season. Well, I know we're pretty pumped to have you on board, and uh, certainly uh, love the stuff that you've done to start off, and uh, we'll definitely get you on, and probably uh, sometimes training camp starts to uh, go through what you're working on then, all right? Awesome. Are you going to need uh, training camp tickets or, or, or preseason tickets then? You know what I could actually use more than anything else, and there's no value for this, is I could actually just use some basic training on fantasy football, because I have never finished in the top half of a league and I need all the help I can get. Now, I did draft two kickers with my first two picks last year, which was part of the problem, I guess. But I figured, you know, no one's doing it. Maybe it's undervalued, but it just didn't work out for me. Yeah, it's, it's usually not recommended. I mean, it, it's definitely a unique move that probably won't pay off, but you never know. But, yeah, probably last year wasn't the, good, the best one. Maybe there's two kicker leagues. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to definitely work on that behind the scenes and, and I'll have to explain to you what a quarterback is and, and what a running back is. And then we can go from there. Yeah. That's all a little over my head right now, which isn't saying much since I'm five, seven on a good day. So in any case, Doug, appreciate the time. We are now out of time for the day. We will be back tomorrow until then. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at it pylon, and we will be back tomorrow on the inside the pylon quick kicks podcast. <laughs>